Lazy summer days are turning to time in the classroom. Meeting old friends and Friday night football. It's back to school. And we're there with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard. Walking in the sunshine, saying. Place called the Hino Apartment. Hello? Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Hello, someone talking to me? Nothing's wrong, Howard. Is someone talking to me? Thank Bob? Good time That's I'm Roger Miller. I'm hearing voices. All right, we are walking in sunshine, or at least we will be as the day goes on. A little bit of light fog out there, not too much now. It was heavy earlier, but it's fog kind of fading away. 65, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 65 at the Highland, 65 in my backyard in Elm Grove, and 66 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley, 909, nine minutes after the hour. Welcome in. You're welcome to join us on the text line, Frio Stack Auction Service text line, open, available, 304-214-1600, Frio Stack Auction Service phone line, 304-232-8255. Morning Intel updates a couple of bridge projects around here in the Upper Ohio Valley, Bob. You realize that the, that uh, bridge down below Hall of Fame, the Market Street Bridge that was burned because of the homeless fires? Yes. That was last last June. Not this June, but last June. It's been over a year. Absolutely. That's just crazy. I avoid that area. Now there's not a lot of businesses that would affect, but there's some. I just avoid it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to do that. It, it's, uh, you know, I mean, and, and it, we have three bridges that get from downtown to Center Wheeling. That one's shut down completely. The uh, Main Street Bridge is often down to a single lane or is constrained because of construction work there. The only one that is fully open is the one up um, on uh, Chaplin Street. And and you remember once or twice, it's been shut down. And, Howard, I, I thought to myself yesterday, and I think I even shared it with you, man, I haven't been down to see Angel for a while down at the Hall of Fame, and that probably has a lot to do with it because it's just not so easy to get there. And one of those bridges is right in front of her business. That's exactly right. So um, Bob Heron told council this week that um, the engineering drawings on that bridge have now been completed uh, it, it's, I, I want to stress, first of all, it's a Department of Highways bridge. City has no nothing to do with it. City cannot, they're not fixing it, they don't repair it. It's not their bridge. It's the Department of Highways bridge. Engineering drawings have been completed, uh, Bob Heron says. It is currently being reviewed in Charleston. Hopefully, once that review is complete in the next couple of weeks, it will go out for bid later this summer or early fall. And then, again, this is Bob Heron telling council this week, uh, if all goes as planned, maybe they'll start in October or November, and they should complete sometime in early spring, which would mean basically the bridge closed for two years. Two yeah. years. And we wonder why we're, we're starting to worry about the homeless and, and what, what the possibilities are, and that is one of them, and we're still living it. And, Howard, just like you, I've went out of my way to praise Swank, and I don't know if this is one of their dealings or not, you touched on, on it earlier in the week, and I think it's becoming a real problem. And I don't know if it's just laziness or just bad information, but let's say we're going through the tunnels and we're heading uh, towards the island, heading towards Ohio. So you're going, going towards Ohio. Going we're heading west. west. Okay, yeah. And it's that little, you know, where, where they stop you now and there's some, like, equipment. You, you, you talked on it earlier this, uh, this week. There's, like, a trailer sitting there in a truck, and it's backing up where you would, you know, get on the Fort Henry Bridge, 
What is the problem there? I, I don't know. I don't even know. I, I, I try not to. Well, I, I'm criticizing a lot anymore, aren't I? But, well, it's becoming a problem. But, you know, the, first of all, let's remember the governor came and said, we're done now. Hi, y'all. I gave y'all goodness and all this work is done. Well, it wasn't done. It wasn't done. Uh, but the Fort Henry Bridge, I don't know what they're doing there. It's been months, and it, they're in the right-hand lane, and they've got, you know, vehicles and stuff there. But what are they doing? I don't understand it. And you might be saying, well, Bob, aren't you nitpicking a little bit? Look Bob, around. aren't you nitpicking you? a little bit? No. <laughs> and, and I know the people that are listening that live in Ohio that has to deal with that every day. No, because what happens is... They get tired of sitting there. Now they edge out, and it backs everything up through the tunnel. And you, th if you think I'm exaggerating, well, wait till about four o'clock no, and no, head no, no. that way, and anybody you'll see. Who does, anybody who heads west in the afternoon knows you can't. I mean, uh, beginning around three o'clock, the tunnels it backs up going west through the tunnels, uh, clearly through the tunnels. Sometimes all the way back up to Washington Avenue. It can again. be really bad. And now I'm just wondering why, because it seems like that equipment is just sitting there like a trailer or whatever. Can't they clean that up so we can avoid that part? I'm sure there's something being done, but I swear I don't have any idea what they are doing on that. And it's just a tiny little stretch there of the Fort Henry Bridge. And, and they've been doing it, whatever it is, they've been doing it for months and it's just making a mess. Uh, I give them, whoever, the Department of Highways or Swank or whoever, I give them credit for because I'm always talking about signage. They at least have a big sign now uh, out around the Perkins exit that says, slow down coming. <laughs> so at least you can be careful about that. Also, uh, in the morning intel today, Bob Heron talks about the suspension bridge. He says the suspension bridge was supposed to, do you realize they closed it in, what was it, 2000 and 2019? It's been close for all those years. Wow. I, it just seems like it. Anyway, uh, suspension bridge was supposed to be completed in July of this year. But Bob Heron told council the project, of course, has been delayed. They found, quote, a couple of things that needed to be addressed. What the hell is that? I don't know. I don't know. Now, Bob quickly says, look, it's not a city project. I'm just telling you what they tell me from the state. Um Bob Heron said officials predict the suspension bridge rehabilitation work will continue for a couple more months, probably going into the fall before it's completed. Um, but hopefully sometime this fall that work could be done. Still no word, though, on whether or not when they do open the suspension bridge, when all that work is finished, $17 million project, uh, whether it's going to be a pedestrian-only bridge or open to some vehicular traffic. And let's remember real quick, Howard, what happened to that bridge, much like the bridge we just talked about with the uh, unfortunate fire, an idiot bus driver caused all this <laughs> yes. because he just was either impatient or just an idiot, and he tried to take a bus, or we're he both. did take the bus, over the bridge, and we're still dealing with it. Big sign, big sign hanging down there. Just like, you know, I don't know if it's, it says like, don't hit this sign. Bam, right through it. So my point is, these problems with a couple of the bridges is totally unnecessary. Should never, ever have happened. Problem with the suspension bridge is, though, uh, the truck, the bus should never have gone over there. But then again, most cars shouldn't go over there either. So I don't know. I don't know what the ultimate solution to that's going to be. The good news is, Howard, nobody was swimming. And you know what? The next time, and I know there are people saying, well, maybe, Bob, you ought to shut up. But I think that's what it's going to prevent him ever opening it back up. I hate the fact I just don't think you can trust it anymore because, like you said, Howard, even the little cars are, are so much heavier. Look, there, there are very – I mean, unless you're driving like a little Volkswagen uh, Beetle, that's about all that can go over the bridge anymore. My car is too heavy. 
My, you know, I've just got a little Subaru Legacy sedan. It's just a sedan, not an SUV. The weight of my car is heavier than allowed on the bridge, so I suspect it's going to be pedestrian only. Uh, I'm hoping next week maybe to get Frank O'Brien in here. I haven't talked to him, but I'm hoping to to talk about what's going on there with that uh, old Wheeling Inn project and what they're going to do there. So maybe we'll get a better sense of that. All right, I'm a little behind time. i got a guest coming up. Uh, this guy has been scheduled and rescheduled three or four times, on, and I cannot let him go again. Uh, it should be interesting. It is about EMPs, electromagnetic pulses, that will uh, can knock out our electrical system. What happens if we are hit in a way that we'll never have the electricity again? We'll talk to uh, Professor William Fortune about that coming up next. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. So stop in and check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room. And be ready for any summer adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end September 5th. Toyota, let's go places. Don't just listen. Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. Babies come with lots of decisions. Cloth or disposable? Crib or bassinet? So when it comes to protection, go with the safest, most effective choice, vaccination. Get all the recommended vaccines for your baby by age two to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. And she believes in me. I'll never know just what she sees in me. I told her someday if she was my I could change the world with my little songs. I was wrong. But Our uh, Thursday bumper music is always country music here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is 919 as we... Uh, I have been trying to get together with uh, Dr. William Forston for quite some time. When you recall a few weeks ago, Bob, you and I both vanished from the airwaves for a week. And, and then I think I'd gotten sick at one point and we're training, changing studios. And I have had this guest scheduled on several occasions and I did not want to lose it because this is a fascinating uh, issue to me. It has to do with EMPs, which we'll talk about in a minute. And, uh, and our power grid, and uh, how do we handle things? Uh, maybe if the lights were ever to go to go out forever. So I want to welcome to the show uh, Dr. William Fortune, a military historian and expert in EMP strikes. And 
Professor, uh, good morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. And what did you do to get banned? <laughs> well, no, we didn't get banned. We just kind of got, uh, we just, um, we just weren't here for a while. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and 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 if you don't mind, we're just going to leave it at that. Okay, we're just going to just going to yeah. leave it at that. But you, I my own radio show once, and I got in serious trouble one day for like a, um, you know, a Martian invasion type thing. Boy, uh, they were mixed. <laughs> well, I, I felt bad with you particularly. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but because I this is an interview I really wanted to do ever since I, I, I read one of your books uh, your they're, they're novels I want people to understand that but yeah. but yeah. They're, they're based in some reality and and I was really intrigued by it and I think I've had to reschedule you at least three times and I just felt bad not only because I don't like to reschedule people I feel bad but I wanted to talk about this stuff so I'm glad you're okay. here with it glad you're here with us now let's uh, go let me let's talk about EMPs for just a second um, it's not military police. Uh, but uh, what are EMPs? Good question. Great place to start. EMP, shorthand for electromagnetic pulse weapon. It's created by launching uh, one to three small nuclear weapons about 200 miles above the Earth's atmosphere. When they blow up, they create an electrostatic discharge known as the Compton effect. Hits the Earth's surface, feeds into our electrical grid wires, short circuits the uh, power grid off. The horror is that if we lose our electricity, it could be for months or years, and 80 to 90% of the population would perish within a year afterwards. How wide an area would an EMP, and I suppose maybe the answer is there are different uh, uh, capacities of them, I suppose, but how wide an area would an EMP uh, deal with? I mean, if it hits here in the upper Ohio Valley, does it just knock out our towns, or does it knock out half the eastern seaboard or all of, you know, give me a sense of that. It's a line of sight event. You know, okay. when you're up at an airplane, you can see 50 to 100 miles. Well, 200 miles up, you're, you've got a line of sight event that could cover almost the entire eastern seaboard. That's the whole thing about three of them, eastern United States, central, western, lays down a grid on the entire country. Now, are these theoretical or have, are, are they? Oh, <laughs> Definitely not. I, I gather from that from that O oh, that they're not theoretical. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the uh, in 1962, we fooling around decided to blow up a nuclear weapon above the Earth's atmosphere. Just for the heck of it, with a one, one megaton weapon. It was 400 miles off of Hawaii, yet it blew the Hawaiian fire grid, uh, power grid out. Wow. Russians did the same test. They were blowing that power station four and five hundred miles away in their own country. So these have been uh, at least experimentally used. Um, yeah. Have they ever been used as a weapon? Not yet. All right. But Notice you, I say yet. <laughs> yeah. I was just say the key word there. The key word there is yet. Do you fear they will be? Uh, you know, every weapon in, in history has been used at some point or another. Um, We've known about this for 60 years. The players I'm concerned about are North Korea, Iran, which is now acquiring nuclear weapons, or, you know, a third world state that acquires them, like a you know, terrorist group. And unfortunately, uh, once upon a time, it was just the big two, us and Russia. Now there are nuclear weapons in many places, and more are coming, I'm afraid. Well, you know, with Russia and China, it's called mutual assured destruction. If they do us, we do them. 
But uh, a third uh, world player like North Korea, the, the ruler is crazy. You never know. He has actually threatened it. They've even put out cartoon movies in North Korea about EMP in the United States. So it's it's not unreasonable to think that that could happen. Uh, let me ask you this: Can we? Is there no way for us to protect the power grid against EMPs? Oh well, yeah. Now you're hitting the issue that I'm very concerned with. It's not just EMPs. It's the power grid itself is tangible. Okay. It's 40 to 50 years old, according to the DOE. There's parts of New England where the power grid is 60 and 70 years old. We are not upgrading the system to be resistant. Uh, we're spending a trillion dollars on green energy, but we're not spending any money on the nuts and bolts to keep this power grid running, upgraded, and able to resist such an attack. It, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, and it may be a different kind of protection, but it's not just EMPs that we would be concerned about the power grid. We we know that uh, some uh, foreign actors are trying to uh, get into our power grid um, through yeah. the Internet, too. Yeah, you know, uh, my college, Montreal College, we have a very robust cybersecurity program. I'll go in and sit in the lab some days and just watch. The attacks are complicated. They're constant. You know, bad guys are constantly trying to infiltrate into the grid. Uh, that That's my secondary concern, a shutdown like that. Mm -hmm. How do we protect the grid? I mean, are there, I won't say easy ways, but are there known ways for us to protect the grid against this? Or do re, does it require, you know, rewiring America? No, it doesn't require rewiring. <laughs> I haven't had my second coffee yet. It was, that was hard for me to say, too. So, <laughs> Yeah, rewiring America. It's putting in upgraded systems that are more resistant, shielded at certain points, uh, circuit-breaking systems that are robust and quick to react. Right now, we don't have that. So, you know, the one of the major areas that we have to be concerned about is the high transmission lines, those things will blow right off the wire if sufficiently overloaded. Mm -hmm. It's it's a frightening scenario. So uh, it's, it strikes me, and not just from talking to you, this is something I've read and heard and thought about before, it strikes me that this is a one of our real vulnerabilities, our power grid. Why are we not doing more about it? <laughs> You're asking me? <laughs> 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 Ask the administration. Uh, on a federal level, we're doing absolutely nothing at this point. We're spending, you know, trillion dollars on green energy, which makes us even more vulnerable. We're, again, it's the nuts and bolts. It's the unsexy, bottom-line stuff. That's where we're not spending money. And it's not a lot. Okay. Uh, $10, 15000000000 billion a year could go a long way. What's $15 billion? That's chump change now. Uh, could go a hey, long hey, way. Hey, listen, we just gave away $1.5 billion in the Powerball, so there you go. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're giving away money hand over fist, taxpayers' money. Uh, federal level doing nothing. I am finding, though, that states and even counties are starting to work on this issue. That's where I see the future. It's not going to happen in the feds for at least the next year and a half. So it's a, it will be more of a localized response or preparatory response uh, than uh, than necessarily a federal response. I, it still it, it still really intrigues me though because this is not 
this is not pie in the sky, the aliens are going to come and shoot us with ray beams kind of stuff. This is fairly well-documented, well-known problems that we have a vulnerable power grid. Um, and in fact, from time to time, when we talk about terrorists and so on, you'll hear them talk about concern over the power grid. And I just, I really don't understand why we don't uh, spend more money and time and effort on, on assuring it up. You know, the, the, now, and the other thing, where do you think 90% of our key components are manufactured for the electrical grid? Well, I'm going to guess China. No, really? <laughs> okay. It's the equivalent of it's December 7th, 1941. President meets with Joint Chiefs of Staff, and they say, Mr. President, we got a problem. All our aircraft carriers are made in Japan. All our planes are made in Germany. What are we going to do? Oops. We have farmed out the infrastructure, the basic nuts and bolts stuff. We turn those areas into rust belts. Uh, we're not manufacturing our own security. So um, you have written a couple of novels about what happens if we do lose the power grid. Mm -hmm. we, you and I just got done talking about why we need to shore it up, and, and I would hope that at some point, federally, locally, whatever that does occur. But uh, you've written a couple of novels, and I want to stress they're novels, but they are kind yeah. of based in fact here on what happens when the grid goes down. Well, you know, uh, I started my first book in the series, One Second After, and, and that's where I recommend if people want to read my stuff, start with One Second After. But, uh, again, I started writing that book 15 years ago. Now, when I first started, everybody thought I had a tinfoil hat, became a bestseller. More and more people are aware of it, but it's called expectation of normality. The system worked yesterday. It worked today. It's just going to keep on working. Well, that's not necessarily the case. We saw what happened in Texas a couple of years ago. Even now, with the extreme heat, our power system is running at 98 99% and barely hanging on. Expect brownouts, blackouts, if we don't start upgrading this system and making it more robust. In the event of, a, of, a, of an attack, like an EMP attack, uh, it could be a long, long time. And we we are all used to it. My Lord, here at the radio station, you know, we invariably get a note from the power company. Uh oh, power is out at your location and our transmitter goes down. But they always tell us should be back by 530 p.m. Yeah. The, the, the problem is there come, could come a time when there won't be a 530 p.m. Well, you know, what first inspired me when I was in grad school back at Purdue in 1991, we had a major ice storm that shut the grid down in parts of the state of Indiana for 30 days. It got weird after about five or six days because what happens? You lose your water, you lose your food, you lose your pharmacies, you lose your gas stations, blah, 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 blah. And people really started getting weird. And I'm thinking, you know, panicking. And I'm thinking, if this just happened locally, what is it like if it happened to an entire nation? Yeah. We, we, we again, all of us, um, certainly in this area, we do have a lot of power outages. Um, yeah. We all have experienced the day or two without it. A couple of years ago, there was a, wasn't in this area, but in parts of the state, there were like a week-long blackout. And, and you begin to realize at that point how much of everything we do is dependent upon the power grid and dependent upon electricity. 
Um, I mean, my my God, I I I couldn't use my cell phone after a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, remember, oh, what do I do? In, remember Sandy, New York City, twenty twelve. Yep. And the day after, most a fair part of New York City is down. There are lines around the block at McDonald's, you know, and Starbucks. <laughs> Give me fifteen minutes to recharge my phone. Yeah. I think. I think a younger generation might have a nervous breakdown after 24 hours. A younger generation? I'm 70, and I might. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 72, <laughs> and I would, too. And that, that, that reinforces another thing. People should have emergency supplies on hand for a month, no matter where they are. Basic essentials. A big one, never let your pharmacy supply get down to one or two shots, you know, or pills or whatever, because... For a fair number of it, you lose the pharmacy for a couple of weeks, that could be a problem. Well, I'm a diabetic. If I don't have my insulin after a period of time, I've got a problem. Well, uh, in the first book, that's a major plot point, that the the main character, his daughter, is diabetic, and he's frantic. How do I keep my daughter alive? Because she has an aggressive type 1 diabetes. Um, so your, your series of books, you begin with uh, right after an EMP hits and power grid is knocked out, and you, you walk it through in several different novels up to your current one, which is, I think, five years later, which I have had a chance to read most of, uh, where the, the world has just really changed. I mean, that's, it's, again, I want to stress it's a novel, but it's based on what could happen. Uh, the world has really just has changed. We're in a whole new world after, after the power goes out. You know, uh, a good friend of mine who passed away about six months ago, Dr. Peter Fry, he was the guru for this thing because he was working on the issue for 30 years. He used to say that we would be thrown back to 1870. It was about that issue. I, I told Peter, I said, I'm a historian. People in 1870 knew how to live in 1870. <laughs> we don't. It would be the equivalent of being thrown back at that years. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it always looks to me. It always looks so um, romantic uh, to see, uh, you know, uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson writing by a candlelight or something. But uh, you know, I, I I'm not so sure that's what we want to do all the time. I got a couple of texts coming in off of our Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Howard, uh, they can come from the sun as well. In 1860, an EMP came from the sun and wiped out telegraph lines. Is that true? Yes, uh, 1859 actually called. <clears throat> People can look it up. The Carrington, just just look it up online. Uh, It blew out the Victorian Internet in England, Northern Europe, and uh, the United States, where telegraphy wires were just actually melting off the poles. So if an old system like that, which was very overbuilt, went down, what's going to happen to us today with this incredibly complex but very delicate system? Uh, another text from our listener. Ten years ago, a congressman tried to alert us about EMPs. I don't, it doesn't say who it was. I'm guessing that probably we have had others who have raised the red flag about EMPs, but we haven't apparently listened to them. Here he is most likely referring to Roscoe Bartlett, who became a friend of mine, great congressman from Maryland. You know what he got for his effort? He got gerrymandered out. Got, 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 got out of Congress. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another text here, final one. Uh, the control rooms at the power plants can be insulated with carbon foam made from coal from West Virginia. Uh, is that true? Can carbon foam be an insulator? 
I can't tell you for sure. Okay, even if the power plant is insulated, it's got 100 miles of high-tension lines going out of it. They're not insulated. So you could have the power maybe, but you don't have the means of transmitting it. So really there are multiple issues that we got to talk about here. Um, I'm going to set aside the, the reality of weapons that they could be used for, so maybe we ought to be paying more attention to those as as potential weapons. But we're, we need to be concerned about our power lines and the power grid yep. itself and how do we protect that. And then we also have to be thinking about if there is such a thing, if, if some disaster occurs where we lose the power for extended time. Again, I don't mean they tell you it'll be back on at 530 in the evening or even that tell you back be back on in six weeks. If we were to lose it for a long period of time, we need to be better prepared. And I, I gather, because you don't sound like one of these doomsday prepper nuts. No. So we're not talking about that kind of thing. But still, being prepared, I mean, as simple as we often talk about making sure you have batteries charged for power outages and, and you know, all that kind of stuff, you, it would be smart to be prepared. And you mentioned medication. I never thought about that. But, you know, do you have a storehouse of medication and so on? You know, uh, the old Boy Scout line. It was a Boy Scout many years ago, an Eagle Scout. Be prepared. Yeah. Because be prepared the day before, not the day after, where you're scrambling trying to get supplies along with everybody else in your town or city. Cities, cities scare me. Whenever I'm in a city, I'm thinking, what would happen here? It's not pretty to think about. Did you feel a need to write a novel to maybe get more attention to the concerns you have about the power grid? Yeah, uh, absolutely, yes. You know, uh, I, I wrote a number of novels before grad school, novels afterwards, some academic work. And I realized, yeah, I could put out an academic-sounding book. Nobody would read it. A novel is a story. I wanted people to get involved with the story and then through that story try to teach. These are all the things that could happen to us if we're not ready for it. Well, I recommend people. Uh, it's just it's a it's fun. Oh, maybe fun's not quite the right word, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just it's a good read. They're good reads. Five years. I've not read the earlier ones, but I've read five years after, which is your current one. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's a good read. But if you do read it, and I recommend you do look it up. Uh, one second after is the first one, and there's several others in the series. Uh, remember that it is based on reality, and that while we hope we never get to the point of having to create a new world, America. Uh, that we it's it's possible it's possible so be prepared absolutely yes you know and yet again it is a novel i said in my hometown of black mountain north carolina in the college i teach at i interviewed a couple of dozen different people in different positions what would you do by the time they're done interviewing with me i had a couple of them in tears they said i don't want to think about this anymore well I and that's can... another thing we tend to put our head in the sand a lot. I'll think about it tomorrow, not right. today. Right. And yet, again, the issue of protecting our power grid is is one that's very front and center, and I don't know why we don't spend more time with it. We, I said earlier, we tend to hear it every once in a while when people talk about concerns about terrorism, and that's one of the things sort of thrown into the list of potential things that could, could occur, knocking out our power grid. But we're not, uh, we're not as prepared for that as, as we probably should be. You can't... Uh, you can't take a bottle of water onto an airplane, but uh, the power grid still sits there uh, exposed. Absolutely. You know, and again and again and again, be prepared before, not afterwards. Every person in this country should have some emergency supplies on hand, at least to get them through the first month. But this is long term. A major EMP strike would actually shut us down for years. Yeah. 
Bill, I appreciate you taking time with us. I am so glad we had a chance to finally connect because oh. this, this is a big deal to me, and I'm glad that we could talk about this a bit more. Uh, you know, as time goes by, maybe we can follow up and talk some more about it because I think it's a really important issue we need to uh, keep uh, keep on top of. And, I'm, again, I'm really glad we after rescheduling you so many times, I'm really glad we had, <laughs> no problem. A, had a chance to get together today. And I thank you for your time today. Thank you very much. Okay, and thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. All right. Uh, Bill, uh, Dr. Uh, Professor, Ph.D., William Forston, uh, who is a uh, physicist and historian, uh, and author of their and their novels. I want to keep stressing that they're just their novels. The, the, it's called the One Second After series. One second after the first one, the current one is five years later, and it's what happens when the power goes out, and you know you have to recreate civilization. It's a novel, but it's based on what happens if the power grid goes out. You know, our power grid, Bob, really is. I mean, it's it's critical to us, and it's it's very fragile. Lose power. We we see it on little occasions here. You lose power. Mm-hmm. Everything goes gone. Yeah, you'd have, uh, yeah, big problems, uh, really big problems. And um, I'm, I, I think I am, uh, I, I don't like to do this very often, Howard, but watch me. I'm going to stick my head in the sand, and I'm going to try not to think about that too much. It is 941, 19 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this August the 17th. House Bill 125 is now law in the Mountain State. It provides a tax credit back to everyone who has paid taxes on their vehicles. All West Virginians who own a vehicle will receive a full dollar-to-dollar refund for personal property taxes. This bill resolves some confusion among taxpayers who choose to pay their property bill tax as soon as they receive it. Now, all motor vehicle property taxes due in 2024, but paid in 2023, may be claimed as a credit on a taxpayer's 2024 income tax. More details can be found at WTRF.com. And the Barnesville Water Department is replacing a main water valve on Cary Avenue this morning. The replacement was being installed overnight to minimize inconvenience to residents. Water service will be turned off for this repair. Affected areas include Cary Avenue, the upper part of Hills, South Highlands, and the upper part of Hudson Dewey. A 48-hour boil order will also go into effect once the water is restored. Staying in Belmont County, coming up on September 3rd, it will be eight years since the potential Belmont County ethane cracker plant project was first unveiled to the public. The announcement held in the Belmont County Commission Chambers was hauled as a huge project for the area's economy as well as the state's. A tremendous amount of site prep work was done in Dilly's Bottom where it was to be built. But since then, PTT Global gained and then lost a partner in the venture and things became stalled. The Belmont County Commissioners, however, are still not writing it off. Commission President J.P. Dutton says the county is fortunate to have such an ideal site for a project like this, all prepared and ready for construction. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care close to home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. Featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery. Improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services. 
and equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. New class, fresh faces, a new school year welcomes us in. It's back to school time. And we're here with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. We've been talking all week about the uh, the new uh, Friday afternoon uh, Pine Room Boys show uh, live from Gumby's beginning this week and throughout all the football season. This week they'll be at Gumby's in Elm Grove. And throughout the season they'll be at different Gumby's frequently down in Marshall County uh, when the John Marshall Monarchs play out at Elm Grove and, you know, maybe around elsewhere. But uh, the Pine Room guys will be on from noon to 3 on Friday. And I guess maybe some of you are going, well, what about Donnie? Where's poor Donnie going to go? Because Donnie's new, normally on noon to 3 on Fridays. The Donnie Gilbert Radio Show now is on Thursdays. And you know what today is? Today's Thursday. So Donnie Gilbert will be in this afternoon from noon to 3. And uh, among his guests will be, well, Reverend Cummings is coming back again to talk about the Adopt-A-Student program and so on. Mark Cesar is up, the uh, JM head coach, talking about the Monarchs football team. That's fairly appropriate since uh, we will be the voice of the Monarchs this year. They will spend a good bit of time talking about the Frank Gilbert benefit. Uh, Bob and I alluded to this uh, earlier in the week. Uh, Donnie's brother, Frank, had a terrible fall and some serious injuries. Seriously hurt. Uh, very seriously hurt. They're working on a, on a fundraiser for him, which um, is set for August 27th at St. Jude Park. Uh, I saw on Donnie's Facebook page he had a big meeting about this last night. I think Donnie said over 100 people showed up to try and, and help out. Uh, so uh, tomorrow, on, uh, today, this afternoon on the Donnie Gilbert Radio Show, uh, several folks will be in to talk about the Frank Gilbert benefits. So for those of you who have been concerned about uh, Frank and asking, uh, you know, what's going on, um, and Donnie has been very – uh, very much involved with, with dealing with his brother and his family and so on. So we haven't had a chance to talk a whole lot to him. But he'll be talking about that today. And the Frank Gilbert fundraiser will be a key topic of talk today on the Donnie Gilbert radio show. Uh, and then the top five, I don't know what it will be, but I do know that your buddy Bear and Lola will be on with the top five. All right. That's at 2 o'clock, I believe. All coming up today, noon to 3, Donnie Gilbert radio show. Remember, mark your calendars now, Thursdays. Noon to three, and then I guess after that it'll be uh, Paul Harris today too. So it's a busy Thursday for Lola, that's for sure. So and what uh, the Pine Room guys? So really, Pine Room guys noon to three. No, no, Donnie noon to three. Uh, Paul Harris uh, from three to five. So a very busy local afternoon here. Absolutely. Seventeen, not seventeen. What time is it, Howard? It's, uh, let me check. Uh, uh, it's nine. Let's take a break. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. The timeless sounds of polka live here. 
Join us 9 to 11 a.m. on Sundays for the Polka Showcase with Rich Biella. Sunday mornings never sounded so good. Who wants craft beer? Saturday, August 19th, the Mountaineer Brewfest brought to you by Wheeling Island Hotel Casino Racetrack is back at Wheeling Heritage Port, showcasing craft beers from West Virginia's finest brewers. With great food, live entertainment, and many more craft beer selections in our beer garden, it's a wild and wonderful time, and you don't want to miss out. Proceeds benefit the family service Upper Ohio Valley. Get your tickets now at mountaineerbrewfest.com. Teacher's desks are clean, chalk is fresh, and the blackboard is ready. It's back to school time, and we're ready with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. I knew the stakes were high right from the start. When she dealt the cards, I built my heart. About 10 to the hour here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, you got a text saying some of the traffic backing up, Bob? Yeah, let me take a look at it here from our old friend Shane Stack. Uh, he says the interstate is backed up yet again, and there is a 10-minute wait each way on Peter's Run. So Peter's Run yeah, also. You know, I haven't been up that way. I guess they're doing some kind of work at the top of Peter's Run. Some I don't quite know what it is. I've been seeing a lot of people complaining about Peter's Run all tied up as well. I'm looking at the traffic cams on uh, I-70 and 470, at least right now, uh, at the merge point where there was a, such a backup earlier in the week. There is no backup there, but it may well be further up the hill where the cameras can't see. So um, here, here's my general suggestion to you. Wherever you're going, anywhere in the Ohio Valley, well, first of all, don't. <laughs> But secondly, give yourself uh, plenty of time to get there. Wherever it is, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, give yourself plenty of time to get there. Uh, coming up today on Statewide Talk Line, Hoppy Kirch will in at 10.06 this morning. And uh, first guest up will be, and this is gonna, I'm, I'm going to listen to this because uh, he's going to talk about something that I'm concerned about. State Senate Finance Chairman uh, Eric Tarr will be on to talk about why was none of the surplus money, the state has all of this extra money, surplus money, why was it used, why was it not used to help WVU with their budget deficit? Why was none of that money given to WVU to help uh, at least ameliorate, if not eliminate, their budget deficit? That should be a good conversation uh, coming up today, statewide talk line. Danny Jones, the mayor of Charleston, in again today. With Man, Hoppy. they've been wearing him out. I think, I'm, I'm guessing Danny must be under contract now, uh, uh, he's retainer. on. He's, he's on retainer with Hoppy two or three times a week. Uh, artificial intelligence, a subject that I've been. Oh, I've been trying to get this exact same person on my show, so she may show up here in the near future. Amy Seifert, who is a lecturer at the WVU College of Law, will be talking about artificial intelligence, and I've been working on trying to get her on this show as well. Uh, and um, Ari Mellon, a vice president with the Troy Group in Wheeling. Uh, will be on as part of a series that Hoppy's doing on companies in West Virginia that export. So that's what's coming up today. Statewide talk line, uh, 10.06. A couple of really interesting things. Um, be sure to stick around. Man, we got just a busy. we got Hoppy with some good stuff coming on there, and then uh, Donnie with the Donnie Gilbert radio show today uh, at noon, and then uh, Paul Harris at 3, and gee, many Christmas. You know what we've got right now? What do we got right now? Mr. Bob Westfall. Bob Westfall is here from the Big 7, WTRF-TV. Good morning, Bob. 
Morning, guys. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm perky and all that kind of good stuff. How about you? You're perky. I'm perky. I'm perky. That's not a. That's not a. That's not a description of Howard Monroe that I normally. You know, I, I'm so, uh, I'm so perky. I feel like singing. I feel like singing. Oh no! That, Walking that, in sunshine. Something like that. He found. He found the keys to the cabinet, didn't he, Bob? <laughs> He's all wound up in here, Bob. I do have multiple bottles in here that I'm sucking down from. Let me just say that and leave it alone. At <laughs> leave it alone at that, Bob. Um, your your uh, let's, uh, sports previews are continuing. Uh, football previews continuing oh, this yeah. week. I should yeah, mention that, that for you. Yeah. The 18th. Let's see what is today. Uh, today, we got Magnolia Valley and Cameron today. Okay. And for those who want to know when these things are on, the, the schedule is up on your website, WTRF.com. Are the actual previews on there? I don't know. I should know that, and I don't. I apologize. Yes, yes they are. All right. So if you have missed a preview on air, you can check it out uh, online at WTRF.com. And, again, the schedule is up there as well. Didn't mean to jump ahead to sports, but uh, today's the day the, uh, the newspaper's the sports preview comes out, football preview comes out, and I know you guys have been doing that. And we're gearing up for football this weekend, and it's just uh, it's hard to believe, Bob, but uh, football season is upon us. Football season, Ohio kicks off this week. West Virginia joins next week, so uh, we're excited about that. Uh, we've got our kickoff show coming up the 22nd up at uh, Quaker Stick Lube, uh, I think 7 o'clock. So uh, we're going uh, to take a look at the season. Um, so we're excited about that. So uh, Scott and Dugan will be up there. So um, it's uh, it's uh, high school football season. And uh, you will be on uh, Friday nights out and about uh, covering the games for everybody as well. Oh, yeah, we'll be everywhere. Uh, we've got a strong team this year. So uh, you're going to see about uh, probably 15, 15 games, uh, highlights of uh, games uh, on Friday night. And then it'll just pick up from there when West Virginia kicks off. You know, I know the general public doesn't really care. They just want to see their the, the results on the air. But I stop and think about how much effort has to go into you, you and your team and all of the folks covering all of those games on a Friday night. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not like just go out and cover games. There's a lot of coordination that has to go into that. Oh, yeah, because sometimes you get games that are so far apart, you just have to uh, – I think Danny asked me last night about getting from Garraway to Canton South. Uh, <laughs> so apparently he's heading to Tuscarawas County, uh, which was my old stomping ground. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. And, you know, um, you've got to get the gear. you got to get out. you got to get shots, um, park, all, all that kind of stuff. You know, people don't think about that. And then no. you got to get back here. got to get it edited, written. Uh, and ready for air. So, and yeah, get it on air in time for the people to watch it uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. All right. Yeah, well, let's talk about what's going on news-wise this morning or all day long today here at 9.55 on the show. What do you got working on? All right. just want to touch on what we had yesterday since we didn't get a char uh, chance to talk. Catherine sure. Dion Hunter exclusive uh, at the West Virginia State Police Academy uh, talking to uh, people down there. Basically, they said they weren't trying to do everything they can to make sure it never happens again. Uh, very much an exclusive look for uh, 7 News and for Catherine. Uh, if you want to check that story out, it is on WTRF.com. Um, so go back to that. She did go down to Charleston. She did get a uh, walk-around tour. Um, she did get the chance to talk to uh, Superintendent Chambers, uh, um, Superintendent Colonel Jack Chambers, sorry. Um, so we've got that. So if you're interested in that, we've got that. Um, 
So, but today, today we've got several things. Uh, Harrison County, after years and years, is finally going to get breaking ground on the new jail. Uh, we were talking yesterday with uh, Brenda and I. Um, I think when we first started back, this Dave Lies was reporting up there, um, and I think he's uh, literally been gone from. Uh, he's been in Florida uh, station for ten years now. I was going to so say, I what, think he's been gone for about ten years. Yeah. Yeah, so he's finally for finally breaking ground in Harrison County. Annalise Murphy will be up there, so we're excited about that. Uh, Marshall County Health Department, another ribbon cutting. Um, Health Department down there, their new building. Um, as you know, they were doing some work down there. Uh, that is uh, going to officially be uh, ribbon cut. Uh, 10 o'clock today, so D.K. Wright is there for that. We're excited about that. I think that's one of the most uh, expensive building projects, uh, public building projects in the county. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, but it's going to be fantastic, so it's going to be quite interesting. Um, so we're going to have all the bells and whistles that's going on with that. Um, i got some bad news. Uh-oh. Uh, those backups on 7470 uh, could continue for another four weeks. Whoa, why? Uh, we're going to follow up with that today. Actually, Annalise is going to be doing that this afternoon uh, because the project's going to take that long. Yeah, uh, so we're going to get the details on that later today. Uh, well, so you said, listen, you said that. bad news. I look at that as good news. You know why? It'll give us something to bitch about tomorrow on the show. <laughs> that's, well, that's nice. That's, a, that's So it's good news for us. All right. Uh, a couple of lighter <laughs> things we're working on. Wheeling PD is going to unveil, I guess, introduce technically their new uh, canine. Okay. Uh, Vigil is uh, the dog's name. So we're going to meet it today at 2 o'clock. So we're excited about that. Everybody loves a dog. Um, so we've got that. Oh, Grow High Valley. That's the other ribbon cutting. Uh, they've got a new headquarters. Uh, that is down on 12th Street. Uh, so Colin Ruth will be there for that today. And so a little bit of everything today. It's quite quite crazy day today. Well, people can check everything out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30 for the statewide, region-wide show. And, of course, always at WTRF.com. You can find the uh, state police story from Catherine. You can find the high school football preview information there at WTRF.com. And when something breaks during the day, Storm Tracker 7 and the TV7 News app on your phone will let you know first in the Ohio Valley. Bob, good talking to you. We'll do it again tomorrow. Thank you very much, my friend. All right, guys. Have a good one. Well, just about 10 o'clock, I think it's time for us to say sayonara, see you, bye-bye, farewell. i got to go. i got to get out of here. you got to run down. Uh, you're going down to Moundtown again today, right? A little bit more work to uh, wrap up down in Moundsville, Howard. Uh, so, yeah, working hard. I'm going to be, um, I'm gonna be uh, well, I'm thinking about eating and taking a nap. I'm not sure. but <laughs> Here's what I do know. Uh, as they say, good Lord willing, creeks don't rise. Backbone doesn't ring. I don't get impeached. I'm not re- I don't retire. Eh, no, no, not yet. Um I'll be back tomorrow, so will Bob. I assume you'll be back tomorrow morning with me. I think so. I'll be here. 7 o'clock in the go-around of the big gig. We'll see you then. And now we play the final showdown scene. AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville.